In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, how can we find hope and peace through our trials and grief? Welcome to Girlfriend It, where we want to rally you to do the remarkable. Well, you know, as women, I'm going to interrupt you. You have your mouth open like you're going to say something, but I'm going to interrupt it right now. Um, You know, as women, we all have a story to tell, and our lives are basically um, stories in the making. And sometimes the chapters of our lives are pretty exciting and fun, and we love to talk about it and share it and experience it. But sometimes some of the chapters, we turn a page and and we flip into a chapter that we wish we weren't experiencing and one we wouldn't have written. But we find ourselves in the middle of of the storyline. And and those are tough moments. And those are tough times. And that's when we need our girlfriends to be able to just go, here I am. And that's what's happening. And that's why we are so passionate about Girlfriended and creating a place for women to connect and not be so isolated in their lives and in their stories. Well, and it seems like lately in the midst of our, our coffee meetings and just some of our close girlfriends, there are so many trials going on. I know we just, um, one of the gals, her husband informed her that he was leaving her out of nowhere, just completely blindsided. Uh, I, I have a girlfriend who just found out her 10 year old has Crohn's disease, which is just, it just breaks your heart because it's like a, a whole different chapter that you, like you said, that you're going into. And then, um, one of my close girlfriends who just found out that she has breast cancer and, uh, we were just talking about how recently last week she asked her close girlfriend to shave her head because she was losing her hair so quickly. So she just thought, okay, through all the chemotherapy, radiation, you know, let's just shave it. And that hurt my heart so much because I thought, okay, which one in that moment did that hurt most? The one who was getting her, all of her hair just completely shaved off? Was that, you know, I know that was devastating for Sharon, but I also thought for Michelle, the one that's doing the shaving, that has to hurt. Because you know what that represents. It's yes. not just a, a, a bald head, but it's it represents the journey that requires you know, to shave all the head off, hair off. But you know what? I was thinking about that. And our, you know, we're talking about how do we deal with grief and, and on those, you know, traumatic times in life. And if I asked you to shave my head, if I was the one, I, I, I would be a little frightened because I can only imagine when you got done, because with your brand of humor, which we, we use humor a lot to diffuse. Yes. And, it, and humor is powerful and humor breaks down the walls and they allowed you to 
because sometimes you just have to laugh at situations because it's so serious and intense. Yes. But I'd be afraid that if you saw the back of my little bald head, that you would write something like Patty was here, or you'd put a smiley face, or you would do Patty, something. Patty did this. Patty did this. And I would never know until I got my little, and you would, you would not let me see the mirror. So I, I would be a little frightened on my end. <laughs> You're not the one. I don't think I want the razor in your hand on my head. <laughs> Well, we do use humor and, and that God created us with that humor to, to be able to release that stress and, um, prayer and humor, I think are the number, you know, those are the number two things that, that will give you that yep. hope and get you past the, those trials and the grief. Well, I know today our first guest is, is a woman who has experienced, um, grief and loss. She's no stranger to it. For, no, that's for sure. No. It's, it's how she handled it and continues to handle it. That is so remarkable. Crystal Gellner knows firsthand the devastation of loss, specifically the loss of her children, which I can't imagine losing children. Today, she will share her journey of processing the loss of four children and how she went through the journey of asking, why does God allow these things to happen? Welcome, Crystal. Thanks. How are you this morning, Crystal? Good and nervous, but excited. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and um, we appreciate you coming on and just going into a dark subject like this, but there is hope and healing and you have been a survivor and you um, have gone through this loss and you are encouragement for so many others because it is about our perspective so many times. And I know we just, we just wrote a little article for our uh, girlfriend at postcard. That's about changing your perspective instead of just looking down and, and just kind of getting caught in what's going on down below. But sometimes we got to look up, we got to change our where we're looking and you did that. And that's what helped you with the hope through this process. Can you just kind of um, explain a little bit your journey and, and what that has looked like? Cause you have a powerful story that you have shared with, with many women that have walked away just so inspired and touched. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I guess I could kind of briefly tell you a little what happened um, and then kind of tell you about my journey with the Lord. Um, in 2006, uh, we got pregnant, and we ended up having a miscarriage. And then in 2007, um, we got pregnant with our son, but at 20 weeks, we found out he didn't have any kidneys. So um, we could either terminate the pregnancy or just wait for delivery, which that's what we did. Um, and he was born on Good Friday and um, died during delivery. And then um, in 2008, they told us that was kind of like a freak thing, like, don't worry about getting pregnant again. It just was kind of a freak thing that happened. So we stepped out, got pregnant again with our daughter, Hope, and at 20 weeks, we found out that she didn't have any kidneys. Mm. Um, And we also found out that my husband carried a gene that um, basically was a 50-50 chance that, um, you know, our babies would pass away or be born without kidneys every time we got pregnant. Mm. So, um, so then that happened and then, um, and then, uh, the next year, 2009, actually, we had a healthy baby boy. And then, um, in 2010, I had a tubal pregnancy and I lost one of my tubes. So that's kind of briefly, I guess, what happened. Um, and I guess, um, after, after Jaden passed, uh, you know, I was really angry and hurt and I, I didn't understand, you know, you know, why God was asking me to do this or, 
you know, wondered why God didn't heal and we prayed for healing. Um, and it was just really hard to accept that, you know, this was my reality, you know, that my son was gone and I wasn't going to have a baby. Um, and, um, so that was really hard. And, and I realized during that time, you know, through the grief that I didn't really know what to do with that kind of pain. I didn't know how to relate with God in that kind of darkness. Um, you know, really all I knew how to do was kind of isolate myself and just kind of pray the pain would go away. So when we stepped out um, and we, you know, got pregnant with hope, I kind of saw that, I think, as the answer to my pain, um, that somehow, you know, I was going to have a baby and now all that pain was going to go away. And when we found out that she was also, um, you know, born, would be born without kidneys, that was a big, a big blow for sure. And um, I just remember thinking, God, you know, why are you asking me to go through this again? Like, we, it hadn't even been a whole year since we lost Jaden, and here we were, you know, faced with this, you know, situation again, um, that we were going to lose our baby. And I knew during that time that I couldn't avoid God. You know, I could either run straight into his arms or run away. And, um, for me, I, I thought, I gotta do this differently. Like, I, <laughs> I can't do it the same way I did it with Jaden. Mm-hmm. And and so I thought, God, you know, I'm going to run to you with all my pain and my sadness and my hurt and my anger and just see what you do with it. You know, if you are the God that you say that you are, then you can handle this and you can handle my questions. You can. Um, and so that was kind of, for me, um, the journey, like the beginning of my journey of, of kind of finding out what it means for me, um, to trust God when things were really ugly and horrible, you know, and not what you thought they were going to be. Um, and so, and then through that, um, after I kind of obviously constantly wrestled with the question why, you know, I started asking, who is God? You know, who, God, are you in my suffering? You know, what are your promises for me? What can I cling to during this time? And, um, you know, one thing I found is he's a God who suffers, you know, and and he could relate with me in my pain. And, and, and through, you know, that desperation and darkness, you know, my, if my relationship with Christ really reached a depth that had never gone before. Mm-hmm. So I guess briefly that's kind of my journey of, of loss. And through that, the hope that I kind of have found. Well, one of the things that you said, Crystal, that I, I so relate to, and I, and I hope our listeners out there will really capture that, how you talk about that, you, you ran into God's arms because so many times we have a tendency just to close God out. It's like, okay, we're going to point the finger and say, you did this to me. Like, like God is literally putting these trials and temptations in our life. And he, it, it's, it's like, we forget that this is in heaven. <laughs> this is earth. And mm. we are going to have to deal with trials and tribulations. And he, he allows it to happen but it's it's how we deal with it. And when you talk about uh, trusting God, that He is a God who suffers. Um, I know when I went through my strongest grief that I, I've ever gone through in my life, when someone shared that that He is weeping with you, and how it, it says specifically in Scripture that Jesus wept, that He does feel our pain. I think that that really helps us that He. He isn't just mm-hmm. this, this, you know, God that's just staring down going, well, let's see what you're going to do, little lady, <laughs> with this yeah. kind of grief. And, and I know when you and I had talked earlier, you had talked about Isaiah 53.3, 3, 
that he does relate to us and he is there with our suffering and, and with our pain. And we need to hold on to that in, in just reading through scripture. And I want to talk, we only have about 30 seconds left and we're going into a commercial break, but I want to talk a little bit about that on if he is a God that, that is, one who um, is there as we're going through our suffering, how we can then share that when others are going through those trials and, and tribulations. Um, There's so much to learn through our grief in the process. And Crystal, you've learned so much. So when we come back, we want to hear more about the learning and the hope and the healing that is found when you run toward God. Stay with us. This is Patty and Lisa, Girlfriend at Radio. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. Fertility is an extremely personal subject. Tune in Monday nights at 9, 8 central for the Fertility Forum with infertility psychotherapist and expert Phyllis Martin on Togginap.com. This is the show about infertility, gaining support, and information. Phyllis will assist you in navigating the disappointments and decisions that often accompany the difficult journey from diagnosis to conception, pregnancy to parenthood. She is passionate about her work and is an expert in the donor egg field, bringing both her personal and professional experience to all she does. Ms. Martin has extensive experience in helping patients cope with infertility, pregnancy loss, adoption, surrogacy, miscarriage, pregnancy termination, and creative family building. She knows what you're going through, and she's here to help. It's the Fertility Forum with your host, Phyllis Martin, Monday nights at 9, 8 Central on Togginet.com. Want to be challenged in a powerful way to leap beyond what you think is possible? Then join us Mondays for the Leah Jansen Show, every Monday at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Togginet.com with Leah Jansen. Listen live as life coach Leah uses her coaching skills to give you the tools you need to take action and create momentum. You are encouraged to call in and share your greatest fears, challenges, and obstacles. And then listen as Leah obliterates those barriers to success. For more on Leah and the show, check out her website, LeahJansen.com. That's Leah, L-E-A-H, J-A-N-T-Z-E-N.com. Spend one hour with Leah, and you'll be captivated by her energy, enthusiasm, and magnetism. You'll quickly become addicted to her positive attitude and make-it-happen mentality. Ready for a life-changing, mood-altering show? Then get ready for Leah Jansen. And listen live to The Leah Jansen Show every Monday morning at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a bug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. 
Well, welcome back. We are talking to our guest, Crystal Gellner, on how we can find hope and peace through our trials and grief. And once again, Crystal, you were sharing, you were in the midst of uh, sharing the loss of your children. And um, we were talking a little bit about Jaden when you, um, you know, held your son in your arms and knowing that he's not going to make it and just running into God's arms and dealing with that kind of, of suffering. Um, how has that helped you? And then I, and, and I have so many questions. I know Lisa and I are both like just on the commercial break, just thinking of so many things that we want to ask you in, in so little time. But um, before we get into the loss of, of your next child, how did uh, losing Jaden help you when you were with others that were experiencing that kind of grief and pain? How did it help in your response to them? Um, well, like I said with Jaden, I, I didn't do the whole grief process very well. Um, but I think for me now I can kind of look at, you know, what I went through with Jaden as, as just going, you know what, I know people need that their, their pain acknowledged, like just because we're Christians and that we do have that hope doesn't mean the pain goes away. And so for me, I think through him at least, is I, you know, I needed people to acknowledge my pain. I didn't need people to, you know, give me scripture and tell me that he's in heaven and things like that. So for me, I guess helping others is acknowledging their pain. Um, so I just think that that's so important for our listeners to hear because so many times that's what we want to do. We want to immediately move them from their grieving process into yeah. the, the joy and the, you know, look at the great things that are going to come from this and look at what God mm-hmm. allowed to happen in your life. Cause it's going to build character and help you be more empathetic. And yeah. you're looking at him going, I just want to be in pain right now. And, and you can't rush someone through that grieving process. I know so many times there are people that are stuck in that those trials and the tribulations and that the grief for years. And mm-hmm. we want to move them from here to there on our time versus their timing. And I think that is so mm-hmm. significant. I've heard that so many times to not start throwing scripture at me when I'm in my severe pain. Yeah. Well, also I think on the other end, when you're with a girlfriend or with somebody that has ex, um, experienced such extreme loss like you have, you feel so inadequate of what to say. And sometimes we we err maybe on saying nothing, and you just kind of um, continue on like nothing ever happened. Can you address that to to those that are listening? That if they know somebody that's experiencing pain, whether it's cancer, whether it's a loss of a child or or a you know a spouse how is the best way to relate to somebody while they're going through the grief process well i think the biggest thing is don't disappear (laughs) especially Mm. if you're a friend um i had a friend who would just call me like once or twice a week and just say hey i love you i'm thinking about you i can't imagine the pain that you're feeling like acknowledging my pain um, and saying, you know, I'm here if you want, if you, you know, if you don't want to call me, cool, that's fine too. But she was always very consistent in calling me and um, just telling me that she was praying for me. And uh, most of the times I didn't call her back, but eventually I did. And that was really huge. Um, so, you know, just I, you, when you say something, I would say, you know, like I said, acknowledge their pain. Man, I can't imagine, like 
must be so hard. You know, like there's really not a whole lot to say, but mm-hmm. if you want to say something, I would, I would definitely say something like that, just an acknowledgement of how hard this must be. And then I'm praying for you and I love you and I'm here. I love that you, um, I love what you are, what she, your friend said about, you don't have to call me back because I I find I, even my girlfriend right now that's going through cancer. I know when I email her, call her, uh, that's good to give that, you know, do not send me a thank you card for when I come over and bring you dinner. Do not feel like you're obligated to call me back. You took dinner over? (laughs) I I did. I took tuna casserole, which is a big joke because that's about all I know how to do. Um, But yeah, I think that's so huge that you have to say to them, do not feel obligated. I know for me, what I struggle with, it goes back to what Lisa and I were talking about earlier in the show using humor. Um, I know we were at a party and uh, my, my girlfriend who has cancer, I kept throwing it in her face. Like, you know, don't, don't use the the cancer word to get out of doing work here or don't, you know, and sometimes you can take that too far. And I literally, at the end of the party, I I actually called her that weekend and apologized because I realized, you know, I was like, Oh, you're using the C word for excuses to not have to do this or, and not everybody is in that same state of humor. I mean, that's a serious thing going on in her life. And so, um, I deal with the, the balance of inappropriateness on, on that. I never knew that (laughs) (laughs) because I know for me, that's how my love language is. If you are close enough to me to, to throw that in my face and make me laugh, then it's endearing, but not everybody, you know, and she was fine with it, you know, but you, you do have to, have to be careful, but yes, acknowledging their pain is, is so big just to, and, and yet I had one, uh, I had a girlfriend that was dealing with some things and she had, uh, a guy come up to her and say, I can't even imagine. I, I, I don't even know where to start on, you know, how to be there for you. And that, that made her feel weird about it that she thought, okay, yeah, that's true. talking about my, my pain. So man, it's, it is it's so hard. And I think that's why we go invisible because yeah. you don't know what to say, what not to say. Do I say you feel very much? inadequate? Like I'm going to say the wrong thing and I don't want to be the example that they use what I said. Going, <laughs> no, I can't, you won't believe what people say to me. And you go, Oh, is that me? <laughs> So, but it is so true when you experience loss, say that all you need is somebody just to be there to show up and say, Hey, I'm in the journey with you, whatever that looks like. Because when you're in that state of grief, you're overwhelmed and you don't even know what you need, but you just need to know that somebody else is there that can, you know, help carry something if you need, you know, to pick up that phone and call them. But, um, just in the time that we have left, what are some of the things that you would like to leave on the hope and the healing? Because um, like we said, we can't even fathom the loss of one child but four. And and to see you today and to know who you are, it is by the power and the presence of Jesus Christ in your life that you are able to to live and to thrive and to, you know, be a voice of hope to others. What would you like to leave with our listeners as far as here's some things I've learned and here's some things I would like to encourage you with? Okay. Um, wow. There's probably a lot, but I think, um, you know, as I've, I've come to God, there's one thing, you know, growing up, I remember people saying, God never changes. God never changes. He's always there. And I would be like, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, I knew that in my head, but through this, um, 
you know, I've really, that's really sunk into my heart. And that has become such a security in my life, you know, because I've always kind of struggled with fear and the what ifs and what's going to happen next. And, you know, and, and I, in life, our life changes, people die, bad things happen, good things happen. But for me, um, something that's just become so deeply rooted in my heart is, is that God is always there and God never changes. And I know that seems kind of so basic, but through all this, that's what I've learned. And that's something that I cling to. And that has become such a security for me in my life that no matter what, you know, my mom dies, my husband dies, whatever happens, I'm not alone. God's with me. And, and whoever he says he is, you know, if he's before all things that touch me, he's my security, he's my reviver, he's my strength, he's my shelter. Those things are not going to change. And so I don't have to be afraid to step out and face life, whatever that looks like, because he is there always with me. And I can't imagine someone who that who isn't a believer and that doesn't have that. And I always say, and this sounds bad, but, you know, going through this stuff, I remember going, man, if I didn't have the Lord, I would kill myself because what is the point of living? Yeah. It's horrible. Like, so... I think that's probably a really big thing for me that I've learned. And, and I finally have come to the point to, you know, through my healing and God's healing, to say that my children lived instead of saying they always died. Um, I can finally say my children lived. And, and in their little lives, you know, they made such an impact for the Lord. And, and that's encouraging to me. Um, and, you know, just that honor, or, you know, bringing their life's honor, seeing that, that they've, changed a lot of lives and having opportunities to like like this to just glorify God. Um, So I don't know if that's, that's good. I mean, there's a lot. Well, yeah, you know, Crystal, you at one point even said that when, when people were coming along going, why are you continuing to get pregnant? Mm. (laughs) You know, have you thought of adoption? And I love what you said, because it's like, you know what, that's what life is all about. That, you you can live and you look at that that and you my, choose that yeah you're choosing that and you're choosing to 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 just live live life rather than um living in fear of what could mm-hmm. happen and that yeah. is uh, so significant well um is there just one tip we have just a minute left before commercial again and is there one tip you can just share with our listeners a tip one tip to just give them hope and strength as they're going through their trials and, and grief. Um, ask the questions that are in your heart. Don't be afraid to ask those questions of the Lord. Um, and, and, and seek and ask, and don't be afraid. He's big enough to handle them. I guess that would be <laughs> the biggest thing. I love that, to, to seek and ask the questions. And, and once again, just like you had mentioned that God is there, he's there through our suffering. He understands what we're going through and that you just ran into his arms, even when you were experiencing the anger, um, that we don't have to shut God off because we might be angry at the situation. We can start asking him those, those tough questions. And when you say seek in 30 seconds, what do you mean by seeking? Uh, getting in the Word, trying to, you know, find those answers. Um, they're in the Word, and I guess that would be seeking. And, and continually praying and asking God, show me, show me, show me. 
Well, and I think what you've discovered through this, which we still do, is God is a faithful God. Through it doesn't matter what our circumstances are and how we feel. God is still faithful. He is still loving, and He is still there. And that I think that's a message of hope and healing. And we just appreciate you taking your time and joining us. And uh, this is Patty and Lisa. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriended. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Season Me is on Togginap, a delightful, thoughtful, serious, and not-so-serious call-in show with Cecil Murphy and Twyla Belk. Tuesday nights at 8, 7 central on Togginap.com. You know Cease is the veteran author from 90 Minutes in Heaven, Gifted Hands, When a Man You Loved Was Abused, and many other books, as well as a mentor for writers. And Twyla Belk is an effervescent force known as the Gotta Tell Somebody Gal. She's also a writer and motivational speaker who's always bragging on God. For more on Cecil Murphy, go to his website, Cecil Murphy, that's P-H-E-Y dot com. And for Twyla, GottaTellSomebody.com. The show, Season Me, is a far-reaching, faith-based, shared conversation and call-in show with questions welcome. A chance to get everything out in the open. From questions about writing, to surviving sexual abuse, to the topics of the day. All from a Christian worldview to help you. Season Me, Cecil Murphy, Twyla Belk. Tuesday evenings at 8, 7 central on toginet.com. Get ready to laugh along with This Little Parent Stayed Home with Ellie Lopreet. Friday evenings at 6, 5 central on toginet.com. This is a truly realistic, no-nonsense, tell-it-like-it-is method that will have you laughing and crying, surviving while struggling, and hammering away at the hardships as you travel through the greatest journey of your life. Get empowered by joining thousands of other parents who have also decided to take a leap of faith into a double career with longer hours and half the pay simply because of the love they have for their children. Together, we are rebuilding a new economy that will support us rather than enslave us. Never again will we have to choose between raising our children and earning to provide for them. It won't be easy, but it will be worth it. For more on Allie and her success, check out her website, OurMilkMoney.com. So come get empowered with This Little Parent Stayed Home with Allie Lopreet. Friday afternoons at 6, 5 Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, thank you for joining us today. We have been talking about how to overcome like those tough seasons and chapters in our lives and how do you get to the place where there's hope and there's healing and there's solutions and our next guest is carrie and she is joining us from the severinson sisters an organization that is passionate about inspiring young girls to live their life as their authentic awesome super self that's a lot of words there to say but carrie wanted to be a program that guides girls through fun creative projects and it also offers them a place for personal expression and helps them just feel better about themselves which i think is so significant because we all as women need to feel better because we get pretty beat up sometimes and one of the areas that that carrie 
talks about a lot and deals with is this issue of bullying, which we are seeing a rise in and uh, maybe the awareness of bullying in our media and in our community. So, Carrie, welcome to Girlfriend It today. How are you? I'm fabulous. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Well, it's, it's awesome to have you. And this whole topic of bullying, we are hearing more and more about it. And Patty and I were just talking about a couple scenarios today, even in um, the schools and uh, even in the news as far as even like Joe Paterno, the, the coach from Penn State, and just what he's going through. Sometimes it's not, it's not so much what we do, but what we don't do and standing right. up people as we stay on the sidelines and literally watch this um, injustice happen to others without using our voice to be a part of the solution. And right, you have stepped in and said, I'm going to create an organization, a foundation that is going to encourage young girls and help them feel better about themselves and not feel beat up and, and feel that bullying that's taking place out there. So yes. do you, with this whole thing with bullying, let me just ask you a question. Do you think it's something that's it's new, or do you think that the um, the media attention is giving um, making us more aware of it? You know what? I don't think it's new. I think the term bullying has changed over the years, though. If you think back to um, 50s, 60s, 70s, I think the term um, hazing was probably used more, um, and bullying became more prevalent in the 80s. But as far as the media attention goes, actually, I find it very encouraging that as a nation, we're putting so much emphasis behind this particular cause because the more attention that is focused on it, the more change we have to manifest to really help it and to develop it and to you know, move it away from the negative energy that it has right now. But everyone from the White House launched a huge bullying campaign in March of 2011, and Ellen DeGeneres is a huge proponent of um, anti-bullying. She has a ton of resources on her website, and she talks about it quite quite um, frequently. Dr. Phil is a big proponent of it. Anderson Cooper now launched something. And what I do think needs to occur, though, across the nation is individual media outlets as well as national. I would love to see more focus on these grassroots organizations like Severson Sisters, for example, that are putting their focus on changing the bullying behavior. The more emphasis we put on those across the country, the more we will change the behavior. Well, what what exactly happened in, in your realm that, that got you motivated, inspired you to start the Severson Sister Foundation? Well, I was overweight when I was a kid and had a lot of, uh, I was teased a lot because of it. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it had, I had to go through a lot of negative kind of weight, literally, to find that place within me that I could overcome that obstacle of being teased about it or being left out because of it. And um, what I found was the more creative I was, the more I focused on me and what my individual talents were and what made me feel special, the better I felt about myself and the more I was able to walk away from some of those situations or hear what people were saying about me but not have it affect me. And that's, that's really where that change in behavior happens. Bullying, were you... 
I'm sorry. Were you um, bullied verbally then? You felt that people were mocking yeah. your parents? Yes, absolutely. The, you know what happens, though, is that when, you know, a, when I was called fat, for example, it's a verbal thing, but it affects me. It affected me so deeply that it had a an emotional reaction. It had a physical reaction because I would go home and I would beat myself up over it or I would, you know, eat more or not eat, you know, like it, that one word verbal abuse had had such a a string of negativity associated with it. Absolutely. Well, and especially for young girls, which love that you're working with the young girls trying to reach them because um, and that you have transformed your pain into your purpose to go, I, I understand firsthand the effects of this and the damaging, destructive effects, and I don't want any any other young girl to experience what I what I experience. And so we just commend you for that, for being driven to do that. And it comes from that place, um, that personal depth that you felt with that. And it, it is good to make this aware because I think so many times – even as adults, we flippantly use words, and yeah. we are unaware of the the devastating effects a single word, like you said, fat, can have, and how it it is just conveyed in so many different ways. The destructive behavior yeah. follows that. Right. Um, what are you seeing in this realm of bullying? What is some of the common, and is it more common in, in girls, or is it more common for boys? What are we seeing out there, and what is the, is there like a, particular age that is more susceptible to bullying than another age group? Yeah, actually, um, first, boys and girls, it's, um, it's, it's negative in both. Like if a, if a boy is bullied, it's typically done verbally and physically. Um, it's to the point they're called a name and then they, they move on. The boys move on. When girls bully either boys or girls, it's used as more of an emotional tactic, like I said, but even though it could stem from a verbal thing, like being called fat, for example, but again, that emotional journey that girls go on is much worse. It, um, that the emotional tactic has a much longer lasting imprint on one particular person's life. So girls do have it a little bit worse. Here in Arizona, one-third of um, school-age children are bullied. Nationally, it's one-fourth. Um, and the age group is bullying happens the most in middle school, and it peaks in eighth grade. So if you imagine what happens fifth, sixth, and seventh, it's kind of building up to peaking at eighth grade. But I have heard of here locally in Phoenix, a lot of moms and dads have come forward to talk to me about their kids in second, third, and fourth grade even. Wow. wow, that we just were reading that um, according to the indicators of school crime and safety um, by the National Center for Education Statistics. One out of every three students reported being bullied at school, and and those are the ones that are reporting it. That just seems exactly. so so high. And I mean, I can see in in my own children. I have three that I mean, you just you're oblivious to it. I would imagine that they. <laughs> They would have a hard time coming to their parents because that that might, you know, they see their parents as getting involved, and that's going to even be more embarrassing. It's like, no. I want my mom and dad to go, <laughs> you know, to the Talk principal. Talk to someone else's mom parents. and dad, yeah. 
Yeah. So, I mean, if one in three, one out of three are reporting it, you wonder, uh, that's just, that just seems like it's happening more. Well, and, and I want to ask a question when you or other girls are going through this, how does their peers do like, if they have like close friends, you even have close friends. Do the friends see the bullying happen and do they stand up or are people standing around just going silent, watching it, which makes the person being bullied, it makes it that much tougher because they don't feel like they have a support group. Well, it's interesting because it typically happens, uh, there needs to be a lot of education around how to handle a situation like that. Typically what we've seen is that it will happen once and then there's a, there's the, the reaction around it. How do we handle this? And um, the group does support that particular person that is being bullied. For example, we had, we currently are working with individual Girl Scout troops around the valley. Mm -hmm. And a couple of weeks ago, we worked with a, a troop down in Awatuki and there were eight girls there. And when we got to talking about peer pressure and gossip, one of the girls there wanted to talk about gossip. And she was the target of a bad rumor that was going around. And every one of those girls in that troop knew about it. And it was really empowering to hear what these girls were doing to help this particular child. So one of the girls in the troop said that she stood up for this other girl that's going through the bullying, the gossip. And someone else said that she denies it. And it, so it, it, it's happening both ways. There needs to be more education about being proactive around it first before it happens, but um, typically it only needs to happen once before uh, a plan is put in place. Well, and Carrie, we only have about a minute till we're going to take a, a break. And when we come back, we want to talk a little bit more about the, C the Sifferson Sisters Foundation, what you guys are doing proactively to combat this, and how you use creative expression with the girls, and how you've used that in your own life to overcome that. Because I think that's really significant. And it's really focusing on the solutions that we don't have to settle and go, there will always be bullies, and just right. go, eh, there will always exist. But Love the part that you're saying, uh, create awareness and education. And just talking about that is so significant. Like you said, with that troop, you, you gave that, that young gal an opportunity to address it and to talk about it. Then the other ones are hearing about it. So we're bringing that to light and exposing uh, this injustice that's happening and making people aware to go, when you say this, this is how it's heard, and this is what it does. And exactly. that is powerful, where you're bringing and just allowing the conversations to happen. So when we go into the next, um, our next segment, let's just really talk about what you have done as a result of your pers own personal journey, how you've used your own creativeness and creativity. And, and uh, it says you love to cook, which, you know, yep. you, you've missed Patty and I right there. So <laughs> when we come back, let's talk about talk all of that and the solutions. And we just appreciate your heart with this and being willing to get into that danger zone and talk about it. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on girlfriended.com. 
It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Get ready for the Not So Soccer Mom Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on Toginet with Jill Hickey. You name it, from politics to pop culture to Jill's search for the perfect bronzer and chicken salad. The Not So Soccer Mom will weigh in on it all. The sentence, I have no opinion about that, is one that Jill has never uttered. Everybody in the early 90s, Jill finally decided to put her thoughts, opinions, mom advice, love of pop culture, hummus, and Starbucks, working out, cosmetic shopping, and politics into an actual website, and thus NotSoSoccerMom.com was born. Shortly after her fourth child, a boy, Jerome, now she's really got tons of topics to share with you. This is Laugh Out Loud Funny, and we're not kidding. What's a loud Nebraska girl who lived in Little Rock for many years and now is up in the Northeast doing, chronicling her opinions on everything? The wheels aren't off yet, but it's close. It's the Not-So-Soccer Bomb with Jill Hickey. Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on toginet.com. Parents, if you feel overloaded, overworked, underappreciated, and seriously stressed out, the Parents Plate is here to help you. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet. It's time to build stronger families through parent empowerment, and that's what the Parents Plate does. The Parents Plate understands the busyness of life and balancing child rearing and other commitments. Brenda Nixon will be talking to noted experts and authors on all issues from teething to teen driving brenda nixon is a nationally recognized speaker to parents and child care professionals and author of the award-winning the birth to five book from fox four in kansas city to schools and synagogues to businesses to bookstores conferences to churches audiences rave that brenda engages educates and encourages for more information on brenda and her books check out her website brendanixon.com the parents plate is loaded with information and affirmation the parents plate with brenda nixon Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back. Right now, we are talking about bullying and the effects, the devastating effects, and how it's affecting our young girls. Joining us right now is Carrie Severson, who has formed the Severson Sisters Foundation, which is really addressing this issue, creating awareness and education, but also creating a solution. And Carrie, some of the things, um, why don't you explain a little bit about what your foundation does and um, how it's being proactive with this topic of bullying? Sure, Absolutely. So Severson Sisters created a uh, program that uses uh, creative and supportive components to help girls embrace their self-confidence and deepen their relationships with other girls. So we call that whole process their inner supergirl. So we use creative um, arts, writing, collage art, dancing, cooking as a way to give girls an opportunity to step outside their shell and do something for themselves. And while we're creating, we bring up topics like peer pressure and gossip, bullying, um, self-esteem issues, and we it's an open forum. We have um, a healthy dialogue. The girls talk about things that are going on and other girls involved in that particular um, session give advice. 
they uh, make new decisions, and it's it's very it's very powerful. It's a lot of fun, and it's very lighthearted. What type of um, why is this kind of creativity? uh, Why is this used to to help this? Is it just because? It gets the dialogue going where they can be actively doing things, almost like a project with a purpose. Yeah, um, definitely. Girls are are for sure more um, comfortable talking when they're creating, but the creative part is really allowing girls an opportunity to examine themselves um, in a safe environment and watching them go through this process of, what do I like? What are my talents? What makes me so special? And then honing in on that. And we celebrate all of that. And giving the girls an opportunity to celebrate their individuality is a huge part in helping them connect to their self-esteem. Because a lot of times when girls are associate, you know, talking to other girls, all they really want to do is fit in with one another. They want to blend. They want to make sure that they're not left out. But but giving yeah. them an opportunity to say it's totally cool that I like this and you don't. Giving them an opportunity to feel comfortable with that and secure in that and safe in that allows them to step outside that comfort zone and really rock it to that self self esteem and feel better about themselves. I love that, Carrie. One of our, our heartbeats, uh, Lisa and I, is just truly changing the culture for women because if you don't get them when they're younger, it, it truly does go into their adult life. And we were just laughing yesterday. We were in a meeting with a bunch of girlfriends and we were talking about as we're getting closer to the holidays. I know I was out shopping on Saturday, which I don't think I'll ever do again because I realized the bullying that, that goes on when you're shopping. But I was standing in line um, waiting for, you know, to be the next one at the register. And a gal went in front of me literally intentionally went in front of me because apparently she was she in a hurry. She cut you off. She cut me off. And I, 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 you know, cutting is just so unfair. And yeah. uh, <laughs> it, it, we were just laughing at that, that um, it, it doesn't stop, that people feel that they're entitled or that they have the right, that their time is more valuable than yours. And, yeah. you know, they're just moving forward. But, uh as you go into, especially with, with Christmas, uh, one, one of the gals was talking about she was in a craft store, and she we were laughing that women that are creative and crafty should not be rude. <laughs> but she actually had a younger girl start yelling profanities, and she went up to her and addressed her on it and said, you know, you I'm, I'm here with my young child, and for you to be yelling these words out, um, I believe she said it was against the law. <laughs> so I don't know uh, in Arizona if that is. Do you know if that's against the law to yell out profanities? I don't. I wish it were, though. I, it's so interesting. Since I've launched Severs and Sisters, whenever I see a group of girls together, I can't help but listen. I can't help but watch the the dance that they go through on who is the alpha in that relationship and (laughs) who they talk nasty about. And it takes everything I have not to pull them aside and require them to come to one of our sessions or to find their mom. I I was, I was actually at Hobby Lobby not long ago and um, there were two girls there that had have been in high school and I was, I mean, just literally disgusted by what they were saying about <laughs> the K 
kids that they hang out with and their mm-hmm. mom, there were two girls and there was one mom there and the other women that were in Hobby Lobby waiting in line, we were, our eyes could have literally like popped out of ourselves <laughs> at that point. It was so bad. And I thought, yes. you know, this is why it's so important to have healthy dialogues with kids early on and to, to get them to understand that they don't have to act this way. Yes. In order to feel better about themselves or in order to feel confident. That's why the creativity is so important. It can't just be dialogue. It has to be something that they're able to literally have something tangible that they can see is about them and them alone. And giving them an opportunity to create that is important, but giving them the opportunity to like post that on their wall or something that they can frame, something that they can see continuously is just as important. Yes. Well, and that's cool because they're having something tangible that can show that makes them feel good about who they are and they don't have to listen to that negative voice out there because they're, we just get bombarded by voices out there trying to tell us what we need to do or who we should be. And we have to just be able to tune a lot of those out, but it's really hard because the words do stick and they, they're powerful and we hold on to those negative ones more than we do the positive ones, unfortunately, but we just love your mission, truly addressing this and being part of the solution. Cause uh, Patty and I are so uh, passionate about connecting women to go, let's stop this cycle. And you're dealing with the, the young gals and the women too, to go, okay, we've got to stop this. We got to say no more that this is not acceptable. And it, it basically is kind of defining what is appropriate and what is not appropriate. And I think our, the media and just so many other people in life are just saying, it's okay, express yourself. And we're not addressing because we're, we're afraid to get in, to engage and get involved. And love that you're, you're creating these groups, opportunities for them to express themselves and feel good about themselves. Because especially as women, we can feel pretty beat up. So right. what would you advise to parents if, if I'm a parent of a child that is being bullied? And let's do two angles. I'm a parent of a child being bullied. And I'm a parent of a child that is bullying. What are my, my responsibilities and what are some of my actions in both cases? Well, the, the, um, the parents who uh, see signs of um, that their kid is being bullied, first of all, signs are typically the biggest, I mean, um, Depression is a, a big sign. Not sleeping is a big sign. Loss of appetite is a sign. But the big one for um, a child who's being bullied at school is not wanting to go to school. So huh. total avoiding something that even if it's that they're in a dance club or they're in a soccer club, they don't want to go. That's a really big sign. But the biggest thing is the um, positive, the positive affirmations. We what we do with Seavers and Sisters is we focus on power words, helping kids see that there's power in words, words, powerful words, equal powerful thoughts, equal powerful actions, equal powerful results. So helping them come up with three or four positive words, I'm beautiful, I'm confident, and I'm independent, or I'm, you know, something like that, that they can repeat to themselves when they're, when they feel doubtful, that's a really big one. Um, And we have three um, bullying methods. We have Verbal, nonverbal, and pack. So verbal is giving them an opportunity to say, you know what, that's not cool. I would appreciate it if you would stop. Giving them something of, um, firm that they can say to the bully is our verbal method. 
the nonverbal is helping them feel confident and just shrugging it off and then walking away. Sometimes kids feel like they can't move. They get kind of like paralyzed in that position and they don't know what to do. If they don't feel comfortable saying something, help them break free of that sort of, you know, their feet are concrete and help them feel confident just walking away. The pack, of course, is um, helping the child see that it's important to find their friends, tell their friends what's going on, and ask them for support so that they can move in a group around the bully. That Those are, are, you know, three really big ones. But as far as parents who have a child um, who's a bully, um, let's see, our biggest one would be... Um, helping the the whole bullies act on that base out of a power or they need power and they need to control a situation. So helping them, um, talking about what's going on, a lot of that happens at home. Is there um, a job loss or a death or, or a divorce going on? Is there a lot of stress at home? Having a conversation about why the child feels like they have to bully and working that out at home. After-school um, programs are really big for kids. A lot of times bullies themselves don't have a lot of self-confidence, and so that's why they, they do that. They do that to feel better about themselves. But research shows that after-school activities, kids that are involved in those types of programs have a higher sense of self. So if your child isn't involved in something, be sure to enroll them in a positive outlet. Again, creativity is a big one for us. If your child does bully at school, help them work out some of that aggression at home by doing collage art pieces or uh, um, picture frames, working through that those power words types of exercises, helping them really feel as though they are better than that, that they don't have to do that to other people. That's, that's going to be big. Well, that... <clears throat> with a lot of information and some really great uh, tips. We so appreciate that you were on the show. And just kind of, just enlightening us and making us aware of this whole issue of bullying. And we only have a few seconds left. How can they find you? Oh, okay, seversonsisters.org. We have tons of information on there. That's our website. Uh, A lot of tips for parents and tips for girls. And you can find my contact information. And we will also have your information on our girlfriend. Thank you, Carrie. It's been um, great having you on your show. Have a great day. This is Patty and Lisa. You've been listening to Girlfriend at Radio. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show designed.